Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Claggett, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you for joining us this Saturday evening. I am Jason Kong alongside Nicole Cleggett, representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing great. Feeling good off the heels of the third Caregiver Summit. You know, you just, uh, you're a rock star, Nicole. You you crank these things out. <laughs> it's uh, always a, a overwhelming success every time. So congratulations to you. Three down, one to go for everyone. Three down, one to go. The next one coming up is our largest of all the four Caregiver Summits. It's the one in Raleigh at the McKimmon Conference Center. And that one is going to be on October 29th. So we hope folks take a moment to register and to to be there. We do sell out every year and we have a capacity for 556 caregivers. Yes. So if you're thinking about going, go ahead and register now. Head over to caregiversummit.org and there you can find plenty of information and register. Uh, It's quick and easy and you got to do it now. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait until 2020 (laughs) before you can catch your next Caregiver Summit. Well, Nicole, let's get into the show this evening. Uh, We're going to be broaching a subject that uh, I know very little about. So I'm glad we've got Ron Heath here. He's our guest this evening. He is a reverse mortgage specialist with Mutual of Omaha Bank. And Ron, thank you so much for coming in this evening. Thanks for having me today. I look forward to this. Ron is one of my most favorite people in the world. We have a great history together. He was actually one of our founding board members for uh, Guiding Lights Caregiver Support Center almost 10 years ago now. So Quite some time ago, but boy, that was a really, really enjoyable time working with you there. And as you said, Jason, a lot of energy. I saw that <laughs> every day, day in and day out. She she worked me hard. <laughs> I would expect no less. It's the hardest you've ever worked without getting paid, huh? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so um, reverse mortgages, I, I know, um, is a topic that a lot of people kind of have a, an instant reaction. It's sort of like when we talk about hospice, people sort of back up and they go, ooh. You know, I, I, this is something I need to be wary about. Is this a scam? What is this? And so I thought it'd be important to bring somebody on that has been in this industry now for almost a decade doing this yeah, type of work. Yeah, a little over 12 years. Yeah, yeah. And and I think you know an awful lot about the subject and you know an awful lot about kind of how it works and, and the folks that should be looking at it um, to help actually pay for hopefully some of their long-term care. So let's talk a little bit about some of those myths and facts, Ron. Mm-hmm. All right. So maybe I'll start with a lot of the facts. about the mortgage program. It is actually something that's been available through our federal government, FHA, for Mm -hmm. about 30 years now. Um, The interesting thing about reverse mortgages is that Uh, It's not a mortgage that was just cooked up by the mortgage industry. It is actually a law that was passed by Congress and signed by Ronald Reagan in 1988. So um, it's been under the oversight of the Department of Housing and Urban Development for all this time. Um, It's constantly being changed and tweaked and improvements made to the program, all with the goal of it being very Mm -hmm. consumer-friendly and safe for the consumer to use. Um, the program probably now sees about a million people or a little bit more having used it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, throughout the United States. Um, they've used it for various different things um, health care, um, in home health care, uh, 
other needs, financial needs, income needs. So it has a, a vast array of uses, as we've seen in, in the mortgage industry. Um, some of the misconceptions, I think, are based on much, much older reverse mortgages from the 60s and 70s and 80s. So um, before the time of Ronald Reagan. Yeah, before the time of <laughs> Ronald Reagan. That's exactly right. When so, it was more of an idea or concept. And, and it was a bank product. And too, the Wild then. West. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, some of the things that people may inappropriately think or have an inaccurate understanding is that if they use a reverse mortgage, somehow they've given up ownership rights to their homes, which has really never been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, this is simply a mortgage. The only difference is it's a mortgage that has no monthly uh, obligation from uh, the standpoint of a monthly payment back on this mortgage. So Your house pays you. Yep, the house pays you, <laughs> and then the, the mortgage itself is satisfied in the future. So okay. it's something that'll never be a, a debt service that will be experienced by either the husband or wife. Um, it's something that the estate can simply settle in the future when the home is sold, the debt can be satisfied, and any net sale proceeds would return to the estate as a part of the legacy. Okay. So, um, some of the other things that I think have occurred is just simply the misuse of the program. You know, just like any tool, I, I often think of a, a hammer. You wouldn't use a hammer to put a screw in a stud, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't use a screwdriver to put a nail in a stud. Right. Um, different tools are I've used. I've tried. Uh, yeah, well, I have <laughs> When too. I was lazy looking for now, I wouldn't <laughs> want to look for the tool. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it, it, it just depends on the use and the need mm-hmm. to make sure that it is appropriately used, as with any financial tool. Right. Um, so sometimes what we see and the, the hesitation that I see in people is that they've heard of bad stories, things that may have occurred. Um, FHA, though, every year they work hard to try to fill these gaps where they see that it could have been misused. So they, they come up with another protective measure so that lenders can, you know, are always making sure that the application of the product is done in an appropriate manner so that the householder benefits from it. So let's talk about some of those success stories that you've had. I just out of curiosity, before we get into the process, you know, give us a, a real-world example of how a reverse mortgage has actually helped an older adult maintain their independence where they wanted to be at home longer. Yeah, I have one experience right now where I worked with a daughter who was her mother's power of attorney. Her mother was about 90 when I was first approached. Um, she was struggling with dementia and Alzheimer's. She needed to stay in the home because that was her her familiar surroundings that's Mm -hmm. where she knew even though she was having difficulty with her memory and knowing exactly who everybody was she needed to stay in her home she was comfortable correct and so um, the daughter realized that the funds were running low and Mm -hmm. and that she had a home that was owned free and clear so we were able to originate the reverse mortgage with a line of credit where the daughter was able to simply draw funds on a monthly basis as she needed them to help pay for the in-home health care. Her daughter actually lives in Chicago. Okay. So she was doing this from long distance, but it gave the daughter an additional three, almost four years of income where she was able to keep her mother in the home. Oh, wow. Uh, now her mother, still still alive, has you know continued to decline. And the daughter has felt the need to move her to Chicago, so mm-hmm. she have her, has her in memory care there. But she constantly tells me that it gave her the peace of mind of knowing her mother was able to enjoy 
those years right. where she wanted to be. What, so, when it was still important to her. Exactly. You so, know, there may come a point with the disease that it doesn't really matter where you are just because you've, your memories decline so much. But right. and, and that may be where she is mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. that's just one success story. And I've been able to do that several times where you know the power of attorney was in need for the home health care and we were able to use the, the housing wealth, if you will. That's mm-hmm. a term we like to use to facilitate that. Uh, other success stories are people who have not been able to um, qualify for long-term care. Mm -hmm. They're able to establish a reverse mortgage line of credit on their home Mm -hmm. that grows over Mm -hmm. time. Um, The safeguards that FHA puts in place is this is a line of credit that will never be frozen, never reduced, and never taken away. The strength of the growth in it is that in 5, 10, 15 years, they now have a substantial uh, nest egg of funds that they can go to should Mm -hmm. long-term care uh, be needed in the home. And since they have not been able to obtain the long-term care insurance, it's just another way for them to pay for that. So So let's talk a little bit about how this functionally works. You know, what's the process? If I'm listening today and I think, ooh, this could be an uh, an interesting thing, kind of what happens? Because we do know that, and I work with so many family caregivers every single month, that a lot of older adults, most of their assets are really just tied up in that home. You know, they may have a home free and clear, they may only own a small little balance on it, but they really don't have anything else. And so they're sort of just living there and not being able to take care of the home and not really being able to do the things to take care of themselves. So so let's just say somebody's listening and is, is in that situation. How do we go about the process and what can we expect? Well, I think the first step is to find a local um, reverse mortgage specialist mm-hmm. that can come to their home, sit with them face-to-face, talk about the program, the pros and the cons, if mm-hmm. it's something that is appropriate. I'll give you an example. Uh, perhaps if I go and meet with a couple and they're in an old two-story home with stairs and no li- no true ability to live on one level, we may talk seriously about the fact that the home probably should be sold and perhaps look at housing that is more appropriate for aging in place. Well, and I'm going to say right now, I think that's super important. And that is why, you know, you got to find somebody who's not in it just for the sale, right? You have to have somebody that walks in there and, and looks at the whole family situation and says, you know, we can do this, but the reality is this isn't going to be viable for more than you know six months to a year. Yeah, that's an important aspect when, in all of caregiving, yes. is really making sure that you've got someone with the right outlook. We've got Ron Heath here in the studio. He is a reverse mortgage specialist with Mutual of Omaha Bank, and we're going to continue our conversation right after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you'd like to learn more about Transitions Life Care, their services and events that are upcoming, you can go online to transitionslifecare.org. Transitions Life Care. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Our guest in the studio right now is Ron Heath. He is a reverse mortgage specialist with Mutual of Omaha Bank, and we're talking all about reverse mortgages, Nicole, and uh, how these can be used, and uh, we're also debunking some some myths and misconceptions that may be uh, uh, just 
I guess misunderstood about reverse, reverse mortgages. Maybe we can be like the whole new Mythbusters, but for aging-related issues. That might be exciting. What do you think? Uh, less explosions and uh, less science involved. Well, we could have some explosions. I, this is what makes it fun. Yeah, Firecrackers. I can, I can you use know. some sound effects and things <laughs> like that. I think you can handle that on your board, right? I like this idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we just started talking about the beginning of the process. So you're hearing a little bit about a reverse mortgage. You're thinking, wow, this really could make a difference. Mom, dad really want to be able to age in place in their home. All of their assets are really just tied up in their home. They really couldn't go on for paying for extra care for many months without utilizing that home. And so the first process is you find an organization that you feel like you can trust, you bring them into your home, and then what? Well, the loan officer who's working with the homeowners, I think, should very appropriately ask, can we involve the children in this decision if they're not already involved? That's huge. (laughs) Um, If they have no children, do you have an advocate that you lean on to make financial decisions? Mm -hmm. Um, Bringing as many people in the discussion is very important because now everybody knows what's happening um, out of the gate but also what happens at the end when the homeowners are no no longer able to live in the home, so. Well, yeah, and you know, there's a lot of chalk and chatter, rightfully so, just in general about anybody trying to take advantage of an older adult in in a very fragile situation. And so I really do believe, yes, this is not something that you really should do in isolation, even if, you know, you do have all of your wits about you, involve those children, those potential heirs, your financial planner, potentially even anybody who's going to potentially be a naysayer in any decision you make that's going to involve a bunch of money um, down the road when you're trying to like work on the final paperwork. Absolutely, yeah. So that's, to me, that's key. And again, Mm -hmm. that gets back to making sure you're working with somebody local face-to-face. Yeah. After that, if the decision is this is appropriate, we feel like this will help us to gain a a better uh, financial grip on our future, the next thing is they would have to meet with either face-to-face or in North Carolina, it's allowed that it can be done over the phone. There is a counseling session that all borrowers would have to attend. A psychologist? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. It is We're a, thinking you're crazy, so we need to see a counselor. No. No, no. no, 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 no. It's a HUD-approved counselor. Okay. And, and what the federal government wants is they want people to hear the very same information that the loan officer should have shared right. to make sure that they're hearing it from a third party who really has no financial gain and okay. what decision they make. And so um, it's encouraged that they do this face-to-face, and there are local agencies throughout North Carolina. You can certainly find those on the HUD government website. Um, Once the counseling is completed, then the loan officer could meet again, and if they have decided that this is what they'd like to do. They still want to do it. Yep, they would um, apply for the loan. Then the lender would process the loan, which typically takes 30 to 45 days. Mm -hmm. At the end of that, then they would have access to the amount of money that they qualify for. Um, and quickly to understand what somebody could qualify right, for, right. it's age-based. Okay. So the minimum age is that we have to have one homeowner 62. Okay. And for example, a 62-year-old borrower is likely to gain access to about 45 to 48% of the home's value. Okay. That can be set up as a line of credit. It could be structured as a monthly payment that would come to them for either their lifetime mm-hmm. or for a certain term. Um, they could also use those funds to pay off perhaps an existing mortgage, which um. would free up cash flow that they could then uh, use for other things such as care in the home. Um, 
an 85-year-old person mm-hmm. is likely to gain access to 65 to 70% of the home's value. Okay. And again, you can see that, that the cause of that is that the term of the loan, or the term of the loan is shorter mm-hmm. as the person is older. So we're able to grant them more access to the equity. So just out of curiosity, let's just say, you know, I was 70 years old and I got involved in this loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then suddenly at some point I just changed my mind and I don't want it anymore. I mean, are you able to somehow undo this and get out of it and do it more conventional loan or or are you just sort of stuck at that point? That's an excellent question and I hear that often. Um, these are simply mortgages as stated earlier and so it's just a lien against the property. Okay. The nice thing is there are no prepayment penalties on a reverse mortgage. Okay. So if you establish one and, and I've seen this, you establish mm-hmm. a reverse mortgage thinking that this is where you want to stay the rest of your life and then your daughter and husband move with the grandchildren to another state and, you're and like, you oh, want to yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow them. Yeah. So you can certainly sell the property Mm-hmm. satisfy the debt, whatever net proceeds are left are yours to move on to that next transition. So I'm quite sure that you probably have a lot of questions from potential future heirs. Well, what happens when mom and dad die? Do Does the bank now own the house? Very good question, and no, they don't. Mm-hmm. So since the uh, property is, remains titled to the homeowners, mm-hmm. it would be a part of their estate, so it's an asset that would pass to the heirs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heirs have several choices at that point in time. Typically what I find in the in the early discussions are that the children say, Mom, Dad, we're just going to sell this home after you've left it anyway. So I see the heirs typically selling the home. Uh-huh. Um, if they can satisfy the debt and then there are surplus sale proceeds, those are the, the um, for the heirs to keep. So similar to a regular mortgage. Just like a regular mortgage. That's exactly how it's treated. The comforting thing is that FHA insures the loan for the borrowers. And so that's very important because we truly don't know how long the borrower may live. Mm-hmm. While we can anticipate 89 years of age for a woman on average, what if what if mom lives to be 110? Mm-hmm. We could have a loan balance that has grown to a, a level that we weren't quite expecting. Mm-hmm. We could also experience house, housing market downturns mm-hmm. so that the value of the home, rather than appreciating, declines. Right. FHA says to the heirs, if you inherit a home and the value of the home is not even what your parents may owe because of using the funds, mm-hmm. y- you are under no obligation for repayment of any shortfall. The home can simply be foreclosed on or signed over with a deed in lieu to the servicing company, and then the children are allowed to simply walk away. So that doesn't hurt their credit. No, it doesn't hurt their credit. There are no judgments. It is a bit of a process to do a deed in lieu, so it could take a few months to satisfy that, but it can be done. So I guess one of the things that's somewhat confusing to me has to do with even just qualifying for a reverse mortgage, right? So if you're sitting there with an 85-year-old woman who wants to you know, refinance, chances are she's not working. So, you know, we've got credit, income, maybe she doesn't even have any credit cards or car payments anymore. So how in the world do you qualify for something like this? It doesn't sound very traditional. It's not very traditional. And in times past, there were really no qualifying restrictions okay. um, because the the belief was we were lending based on an asset. Right. And so why was there a need to confirm income or okay. taxes? Uh, sadly, though, the misuse of the program began to show itself in that loans were being granted to people that truly didn't even have the necessary income to pay the property taxes, the homeowner's oh. insurance, and the obligations that keep them from being in default. Okay. So thankfully, FHA, just a few years back, three to four years ago, put in guidelines where we do review income now. Okay. We want to confirm that the housing charges that they have to make 
they can afford to do that, along with any other debts that they may have ongoing. Mm -hmm. And then we look at their monthly income and or their assets to determine their ability to maintain those costs. We want to make sure that a single individual has a little over $500 in surplus income and for a couple, uh, almost $900 in surplus income. If they have that, then they can qualify on income. And as far as credit, we simply want to make sure that they show evidence of a willingness to pay their bills. <laughs> so their property charges have been paid on time for the last two years, and we don't see a lot of lates on their credit report. So real quick, before folks can find out more information about how to get a hold of you, I, I, I'm sure this is a question in folks' minds that are listening is, well, what if mom suddenly can't stay in her home and has to move to a facility? Mm-hmm. What happens now? Well, as you said earlier, it's just a mortgage. So same kind of thing. Same kind of thing. Make the decision, pay it off. I mean, you you can't keep a reverse mortgage if you're not living there, correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. And so quickly, the, the rules on that are if you leave the home for rehabilitation and you return within 12 months, Nothing oh, so changes. 12 whole months. Yeah, wow. you have 12 okay. months for rehab. Um, nothing changes. Once you're out of the home for 12 months or longer, then the lender would expect that the loan should be repaid through the sale of the property. Okay. So if folks want more information, how do they get a hold of you, Ron? Uh, well, they could go to my website, uh, ronheathh4p.com. They could call me at 919-412-0686. I look forward to helping any that might have a need. That's excellent. Again, Ron Heath, reverse mortgage specialist with Mutual of Omaha Bank. Thank you so much for coming in this evening. That website again, ronheathh4p.com. You can also call 919-412-0686. A quick break and back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claygate from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. I am Jason Kong alongside Nicole Cleggett, and we thank you so much for joining us on this Saturday evening. And Nicole, we're uh, we're not that far away from the time for Medicare open enrollment. And, you know, it's never too early to get prepared because there's a lot of uh, thought and planning that goes into that. So to do that, we've brought in a representative from Diversified Planning, and that is a return guest here on the program, Beth Donner, charter, Chartered Retirement Planning Counselor, also a former nurse. Beth, thank you so much for coming back on the program. I appreciate the invitation. Thank you kindly. So glad to have you here. So I'm excited to talk about Medicare open enrollment, and we do mention this at various points during the open enrollment season because so many of our listeners are in that position of potentially, you know, just rolling rolling on to Medicare or potentially making some changes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Sure. So um, open enrollment um, coming up here will begin on October the 15th, and it will run through December 7th. For 2020 this year. Yes. So people will have those dates again, October 15th through December 7th to make some decisions, make some changes potentially about what they will do for Medicare uh, in regards to their 2020 coverage beginning January 1, 
2020. So one of the things that, you know, people often get confused about with Medicare is that it just has so many different parts, and it's very alphabet-natured, isn't it? It is. got A, B, C, D. Yes, it is alphabet-heavy. And, um, and, and, and the other piece that folks often get confused about is that they feel that Medicare just covers everything. You know, I was just at a Parkinson's conference this past weekend, and one of the big jokes when we were talking about long-term care is that Almost everybody in the audience thought Medicare was going to cover everything that their loved one needed, and then they realized, oh my gosh, so much of this comes out of my personal pocket, for sure. Well, it does, Nicole. Um, yes, the the different parts and everything. Medicare does cover quite a bit mm-hmm. of our health care costs, but it continues to be true that the biggest lacking part that is not covered is... Um, typically by definition what we call long-term care mm-hmm. now long-term care can be anything from custodial care um, non-skilled care which would include things such as uh, bathing assisting someone you know back and forth to the bathroom assisting with meal preparation and actually um, eating uh, getting in and out of bed those types of things. And hearing the aids. They don't cover hearing aids. No. They don't cover dentures. Correct. They don't get, They don't cover my facelift. Absolutely. <laughs> things no. of na- that nature. Or no. even things like some of that holistic medication, uh, things like acupuncture, not covered. Right. No. No. And you know, a lot of those things are important but to people. But those are all. Everything you just listed is certainly out of pocket, you know, paid by the individual person. Absolutely not covered by... Medicare, and of course, the biggest expense that's not covered by Medicare, anything beyond um, somewhere in that range of 90 to 100 days, would be um, skilled you know, nursing care. Um, that's the primary thing that's not covered. But so let's let's talk a little bit about Medicare Part A. What is Medicare Part A? Everybody in this nation that is working is paying a portion of their payroll taxes to the Medicare system, specifically to this Part A. And so the entire time you have a job, you're probably going to see this uh, line item on your paycheck. Uh, If you're wondering what that expenses or, quote, taxes are going to, it is to cover Part A. And specifically what Part A covers is once you turn age 65 and or you activate your Medicare, Uh, Part A will pay for hospitalization. So if you're inpatient in a hospital, it's Part A that really is paying for that. What about Part B? Uh, Part B is basically when you are not in a hospital situation. So said differently, uh, what you would consider an outpatient. So Doctor's you're at, visit. You're at home, right, but you may, still may have a physician visit. Um, you may need to go to therapy, uh, physical therapy, for whatever reason. Um, but Part B is day-to-day services if you were not in a hospital or not in a facility. So I know there's a lot of noise every single year about those Part D plans, those prescription plans. And, you know, it's not like uh, you and I, Beth, perhaps, when, you know, our employer comes to us every year and they say, okay, you know, 
again, we're renewing our contract with X, Y, and Z healthcare company. And, you know, you're just used to having that same coverage every single year. You might be paying a little more this year. You might be paying a little less this year. But overall, all your medicines are covered the way you're used to and so on and so forth. But with Medicare, a lot of times what my understanding is that folks run into is they stick with the names that they're used to that they might have already experienced as when they're working with an employer or they just stick with a plan that's worked for them for the past five years, not realizing that every year the plans change the types of drugs that they cover, and that can actually create a problem for uh, the individual having to pay a lot more money out of pocket. Uh, you could not be cor- more correct, Nicole, when you make that <laughs> statement. Thank you for that lead-in. Um, you know, there's a reason that the government, the Medicare system, gives us this opportunity for people on Medicare to have this open enrollment season each year. And it, the reason is, is because the, the plans um, for Part D and actually also for what we call Part C, which are the Medicare Advantage plans, uh, both, of these, um, both of these letters of the alphabet, C and D, are what is applicable to open enrollment. And so the reason we have open enrollment each year is because, what you just said, um, networks and the plans can change, the physicians um, can change, the medication list under Part D of what's covered or not covered under your pharmacy Part D plans can change annually along with the costs. So not only are we getting um, leaflets about every politician under the sun that is running during the time of open enrollment for political office, we are also getting our mailboxes filled with all kinds of shiny, pretty little flyers about every single type of plan that I could potentially qualify for if I was 65 and over. And it is very overwhelming. It, it is extremely overwhelming. Um, there are certainly over a dozen uh, 12 to 20 carriers probably at any given time might be offering um, the Part D and the Medicare Advantage or Part C plans. It's not uncommon that people's mailboxes do get inundated at this time of the year. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've seen it time and time again. Yes. There is a great program that the state does offer, though, to provide free assistance for uh, older adults that are eligible for these plans to really help sort out the mess and figure out what makes sense, correct? Yes. um, North Carolina, and, well, I've lived here all my life, so I'm most familiar with this state, um, certainly licensed here as well. I don't think I'm incorrect in saying that all states in the nation um, do have a SHIP program that anyone can call and ask questions. Um, These phone lines are operated by the state of North Carolina Department of Insurance, Mm -hmm. and these are trained individuals, highly trained people, that can... Um, offer no-cost assistance to take you through a scenario of, you know, if you'll share your physicians and or uh, medication list, they can help you go through the process of figuring out what, you know, would potentially be the best plan for you 
um, in any given year. So for folks listening who want more information about how to get connected with that free service, um, you would you could do a simple Google search for SHIP, that's S-H-I-I-P, not the type that sails in the ocean, but the Seniors Health Insurance Information Program. And there is a toll-free number for that, which is 855-408-1212. And they are available Monday through Friday from 8 in the morning till 5 p.m. And also there are a lot of volunteers this time of year that are usually at the local senior centers that provide assistance if you want a face-to-face counseling session. But let's find out how folks can get more information about you, Beth. Well, um, yeah, thank you. So I also do some of the exact same services that that SHIP provides. Um, In the the spirit of full disclosure, I am a licensed agent broker, um, independent, and so represent a lot of different companies in that regard. But um, anyway, if someone cared to contact me, my um, my mobile number is 919-601-0501. Um, email is beth at diversifiedplanning.com. That number again, 919-601-0501 or beth at diversifiedplanning.com. Again, Beth Donner with Diversified Planning. She is a chartered retirement planning counselor and a former nurse. Beth, thank you so much for coming in this evening and getting us up to speed on Medicare open enrollment. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. We've got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. With your co host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got another guest in here, and it's another Beth, Nicole. We're, uh, we're on a run of Beths. So <laughs> Double this, Beth. <laughs> this is wonderful. And we've got Beth Reeves here in the studio. She is the founder of Workshops Family Support Health Coaching. And Beth, I want to thank you for coming in this evening because you are sharing with us your eight keys for thriving as we age. Thank you so much for being here. I just think it's so wonderful what you guys are doing here and connecting all of us and the resources is so important in our community. So, Well, thank you so much for giving us the gift of your time. <laughs> so, um, you know, this whole show today has really been focusing a lot on the financial aspects of things. And I know one of your keys does have to do with that piece. But I did want to give you an opportunity just to help the listeners kind of understand you know, what are really the things that we need to focus on to age well? Sure, yeah, so, you know, this this program that I designed, it came out of my experience journeying alongside my mom as she was aging, okay. and just realizing that although we thought we had checked all the appropriate boxes, there were so many things that we hadn't thought about. Yes. So a lot of the little, you know, the boxes that are commonly thought of um, are just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of, I talk about in my wheel, I have two of the eight keys, which are kind of obvious, or people think about them, and that I would say are money mm-hmm. and health. Yes, yes. 
And um, so those are, you know, kind of commonly thought of. Well, those and are the ones that are screaming in your face. They are. They're, then, they're the reason why we have to do things like, oh, there's not enough money or, oh, my gosh, I'm, the person's not doing well. And so it's just sort of that light that's in front of you. And also, I think those are the areas we have a lot of fear around, mm-hmm. you know, so that's kind of what comes to comes to the forefront. And then I would say the third follow up to those two would be preparation, mm-hmm. which is where we talk about end of life. We talk about documentation. And, you know, so that's the kind of thing where people know they need to have a will. They might know they need to have a living will or do a state plan. And we don't do so well as that as a society. We are literally Mm. dealing with things when it's a crisis mode in front of us. We just cannot ignore it anymore. There's a big gash. It's bleeding all over the place, and we have got to deal with it. So preparation is a key for sure, and it's something we harp on a lot on this show. Yeah, I actually, I have have a keyword for each of my categories, and the the keyword I have for preparation is relaxation, Mm -hmm. because it's like once we have prepared, we can relax. Yes. You know, but sometimes it's hard to get us through that hurdle. Right started. So um, I tried to have the keyword I thought originally would be relief because I thought that would be like preparation age and then you can have relief. <laughs> preparation age? So that's <laughs> you funny. can remember it but it didn't seem to work so I just, Sorry, I just it was relaxation. <laughs> that was a really good one. <laughs> um, but so, so those are three of the eight areas, the eight keys, but even those three, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if we want to work on them, sometimes we don't know how to begin. Right. And so, so, and then there's five others. <laughs> right, right, for sure. So I felt like, you know, I wanted to help families and individuals to kind of bring their attention back to the bigger picture mm-hmm. and craft a plan that works for them. So, you know, I'm not um, a physician. Mm-hmm. I'm not a social worker. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went through this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt that I could help others because I, I could organize it. And so, you know, instead of having what I call the ocean of information, mm-hmm. where we're swimming and there's little pieces of information around, um, we can actually take those pieces and, and put them into a system. And then we can feel grounded, we can feel more in control, and we can also discriminate and decide what's important to us so that we don't have to focus our attention on things and waste time on things that don't really matter. One of the keys that I particularly love, and it's something that I really focus on when I'm talking to families and quite frankly, long-term care communities and healthcare professionals is that sense of purpose. I don't think we ever lose that desire to have, myself included, that sense of purpose. And when we get put into a position where things are being done for us and to us, we don't really are, we're not really given the opportunity to give back. And I think that is so incredibly important for just the human psyche in general. Absolutely. In fact, usually when I start a class, I always like to ask people off the bat, you know, without even learning about all of these things or hearing anything from me, you know, which of these keys Mm -hmm. do you feel is most important to you right now? Like what brought you here? Right. And I will often have purpose be one of the main things that comes. And that was surprising to me when I first started teaching. I thought, oh, people are going to come for money or for health or, you know, something like that. But no, people were coming for happiness and coming for purpose. So yes, it is really important. And that that one is the we my keyword for that area is meaning. Mm-hmm. And so we look at what gives me meaning. How do I contribute to the world or where do I feel I can contribute? It can be something small, it could be something big, but what's meaningful for me? One of the places where I think we have a, a psychological hang up, especially for that individual that is the person that is aging, is the sort of juxtaposed position of how we view legacy and tying money to it. 
mm-hmm. right? So it's we view our legacy that we leave behind with the pot of gold that we can leave behind to our heirs. And I recently had a conversation with my own father about this. And, you know, my mother died suddenly last year, and he's sort of in a position that he wasn't expecting to be in. And he was basically asking me permission to cash in a whole life policy that he had put in my name so that he could live more comfortably. And because his legacy is tied to leaving me a pot of money. And I said to my father, frankly, and I I believe this, and I hope most people believe this sort of sentiment, is that I would be much happier knowing that you lived out your remaining years less stressed and comfortable and happy than me kind of worry about, you know, receiving a few thousand dollars when you pass away. Like, (laughs) it's just a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is, you know, it is something that we talk about a lot, even in, in the money category, I say I have the title of that category is money, mm-hmm. but uh, right off the bat, I want you to think actually of resources, right? Because there are so many things that we might have been investing in in our lives, mm-hmm. which are not showing up in the bank account, and we need to give ourselves credit for those things. Right? They're actually really important, mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe much more important than something that can be counted. The experiences, the memories. I the mean, the, the, those are so much more important. Yeah. To and me. then what you were saying, of course, about legacy. You know, I like to share that. You know. I ended up keeping my mother's hats and my sisters thought I was crazy. I mean, I, I don't, when are we going to wear hats? Right. Um, but she just had a couple hats, you know, that were really fun and they made me happy and I have it, you know, hanging up by my door. And my mom probably had no idea that that would be something that I would hold on to. Right. But there are the stories, there are the recipes, there are the humorous, you know, jokes or the family, you know, that the family inside jokes. Um, they're the principles, you mm-hmm. know, there's so many different ways that legacy can be carried on. So let's talk a little bit about support. Yeah, just and maybe I maybe helpful if I just did the eight sure. keys really yeah. quick just so that people have the list. Sure. So um, that's money, mm-hmm. simplicity, health, legacy, happiness, support, purpose, and preparation. And so these are kind of what I say, you know, although all of the things inside these categories may change over time, mm-hmm. the categories themselves probably aren't going to change much in, the, in a very long time. So that way we can have something that's not changing. Sure. So support. Okay. So support is where we look not only at the, the support we give, uh, receive, but also the support we give. And so there we have caregiving, communication, and community. And the key word for that area is connection. Mm-hmm. So we're looking there at, you know, what do we need to feel supported? And where are we going to be needing support? Definitely. So I know you have, this is a focus on on care in the community. Right. And I actually, I have a free Facebook Live right now that's caregiving for dementia mm-hmm. support, which is, of course, what I experienced and something that I get a lot of questions about. So if folks are intrigued by what they heard from you today, how do they find out more? So they can go to my website, which is BethReeves8Keys.com, and they can sign up for my newsletter, which I try to send out um, once every couple of weeks. And then they can also join me on Facebook, which is also Beth Reeves 8 Keys. And there I do interviews and I have the Facebook Lives, which are Sundays at 3 p.m. And those are free and anybody can join. They're also recorded, so you can go back and watch previous ones. Um, or you can contact me as well through the website or at my phone number, which is 919-599-6055. 
Beth, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this evening. Uh, this is just really great information, and you've presented it in a way that I think everyone can really grasp and understand. Thank you so much. Again, that website, Beth Reeves, that's Reeves with two E's, the number eight, keys. BethReeves8Keys.com. That's also what you can search for on Facebook to find more information. She is Beth Reeves, founder of Workshops, Family Support, Health Coaching. And again, you can call her at 919-599-6055. Nicole, we've got another one here in the books. Uh, Great show. Again, I want to remind everyone they can still register for the October Caregiver Summit in Raleigh. They can go to caregiversummit.com. Anything else I'm missing before we head out? Nope, I think this has been a great show. It's been a wonderful show. I want to thank our other guests, Ron Heath and Beth Donner, for coming in and spending some time with us. If you missed any part of the show, you can go to WPTF.com, head over to the Aging Matters section, and there you can find a replay of this show as well as all the other shows that we've done in the past. We are out of time for today. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I am Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Have a wonderful night. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.